0: And ate food with him in his house, and they counselled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each one a ring of gold. This is the first time we read about his brothers, his sisters, and all those that knew Job. There were a lot of people that knew Job. Job was, Job was the who's who of, of his community but you don't find any of them coming to Job except the three friends that were rebuked and the fourth friend, Elihu. So these, and, and rightfully so, not picking on them, they viewed Job as cursed. I mean, here he is sitting, scraping his sores, his leprous sores, and and... That was something you distance yourself from. And so, boy, we, we want to stay away from that. If lightning's going to strike, I don't want to be where it strikes. But now, that was their thinking. Stay away from Job. Now, they saw that it was the Lord that brought this upon Job. And they now came to Job, so they turn from their way of thinking to walk in God's way of thinking. See, this is, this is the simplicity of repentance. Not not minimizing it, it is it is foundational and key to the Christian's life. But we find in this chapter Job repented from walking in His ways to walk in God's ways. The three friends repented from walking in their ways to obeying God, walking in God's ways. And the community repented, went from walking in their ways to walking in God's ways. So, we see the importance of this. But before we get in and make the application I want us to see what revelation or what repentance involves. Repentance involves, first of all, revelation. We must know God's heart and God's ways. God revealed himself to Job in chapters 38, 39, 40, and 41. He clearly revealed himself to Job. And he showed Job his greatness. He showed Job his wisdom. He showed Job his heart. For there to be genuine repentance, there needs to be a revelation. God revealed himself to his three friends. Um, In chapter 42, verses 7 and 8, we read it earlier. He revealed his heart. He said, my wrath is aroused against you. I mean, that's revealing his heart. There was a revelation of how God felt about it. He revealed what they did wrong. He revealed to them what they needed to do to make it right. There was the revelation. God revealed Himself to the community because they came and said, We see what the Lord has brought upon you. See, a proper view of God precedes a proper view of self. And repentance involves a proper view of self that can only come when we first of all have a proper view of God. So this is, this is foundational. God gave us the law as a revelation to show us who we are and who God is. And and this revelation that God revealed to us, he reveals to us nowadays through his word. In Proverbs it says where there is no vision, the people perish. We've often taken that to mean if you don't have a if you don't have a vision and see the lost as they are, people are going to perish. What it really means, where there is no revelation, the people perish. Where there is no word from God, people perish. Where there is no revelation of God revealing His heart. And, and the, the story that runs all throughout the Bible is God is revealing His heart and nature to us Showing us how holy, how infinite, how mighty he is. And he's also showing us our heart. And that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. And then he shows us the conclusion to the matter. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But it all begins with revelation. It all begins with God showing himself to us. Why do you think there is such a battle in reading the Bible? Because Satan doesn't want us to see God. If we don't see God as he is, we won't turn from our own ways. We begin to think, well, God agrees with me. Job's three friends believe God agreed with them. But when you come to the word of God, it lays bare the motives of our heart. It lays bare the ways of our heart. And, and we come into stark contrast. This is what God says. This is what I am. And repentance must begin with the revelation of who God is and the heart of God. Secondly, repentance involves humility. It involves Admitting we are wrong. It involves saying, whoa, this was my way. This was my thinking. And coming back and submitting and saying, God, I realize my thinking doesn't line up with yours. And I was wrong. I am wrong. Job, throughout much of the book of Job, was defending himself. But in Job 42, you don't find Job defending himself at all. He said, I abhor myself. I bow before you in complete submission. It had to be humbling for Job's friends throughout this whole process. They believed they were more righteous than Job. It had to be humbling for Job's friends to come and offer the sacrifices and to then say, would you pray for us? They had been, we're praying for you, Job. We're praying that you would repent. We're praying that you would admit your sin. Now, the humbling, Job, would you come and pray for us? And Job, we're offering these sacrifices. That was, a, that was a, an act of humility. But repentance involves humility. There can't be defending self, excusing self, uh, making blame-shifting accusations. It's humbly coming before God. And that's why God said in Psalm 34, verse 18, A broken and a contrite spirit I will not despise. When we come, and this is the only way to come to God, is in humility. The only way that we can come before Him is in humility. And so it is repentance, leaving my ways, owning I am wrong. I was wrong. I was walking in my own ways, and I come to you now in humility. Repentance involves revelation, it involves humility, it involves change. It involves making it right with God. Job came before God and, and he said, I repent before you, I, I am leaving my way of thinking, I am now going to line up, I am going to walk in your way of thinking. It involves making it right with God. It also involves making it right with others. It wasn't enough for Job's friends to just say, okay, God, we were wrong. Their wrong involved Job, they went back to Job as well. Job's restoration came after getting right with God and the restoration with the three friends. It brought change in the three friends. They went and did as the Lord commanded. There was definite change in their life as a result of it. Genuine repentance will bring change. We're no longer going in my way of thinking. I think they did me dirt and I'm going to be angry at them forever. No, I'm not going to go there. I am going to leave that to God and I am going to overcome evil with good. I am going to bless those that curse me and pray for those that despite food. That's God's way of thinking. It it involves a definite change. It's not a I'm sorry, God, and then to go on living the same way. It's not just saying, God, I'm confessing my sin. I did wrong. Um Will you forgive me, and then not not seeing any change at all in our life, so it involves it involves change. So a revelation, repentance, a revelation, and I don 't mean whoa, like you got it's God showing us who He is, showing us His heart, showing us His character, showing us His holiness, showing us His ways. And then it's humbly acknowledging I am wrong, and it brings the change. So back to our definition. Turning from my ways to walk in God's ways. So I want to I make five points of application here this morning in the time that we have left. Number one, being a Christian begins with repentance. Jesus said, Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. It is turning from my own righteousness. It's turning from thinking, I'm good enough to go to heaven, or I've been baptized, or I've been a member of Grace Baptist Church all my life, or God will surely let me into heaven. Whatever it is, it's turning from our own righteousness to agree with God, the revelation of God, that we cannot save ourselves. The law, Galatians 3.24 says, is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So here we are, all of us, in our own thinking. And we're thinking, I'm not too bad. And God loves me and god loves the world and and i've come from a long christian family or whatever and all of a sudden we're here in our thinking and in comes the schoolmaster in comes the teacher and it says all right students First question, have you loved the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind? Well, maybe not all of it. So, wrong. All right, next question. What does your God look like? Your image of God. How do you picture God? And he zeroes in on our picture of God. We've made a God like this. We've created these idols. See, we tend to think that this aspect of the Ten Commandments means, well, I don't have a statue sitting in my home that I bow down to. Um, we could chase that rabbit, but I'm not going to, okay? But it isn't just a statute. It's loving something more than we love God. It's creating, well, I think God is this, and and I think God is this. Well, it doesn't matter what you think of God or what I think of God. It matters what God says He is. And and He goes through, and the schoolmaster goes through all ten of the commands, the ten commandments, and and if we're honest, we have to check wrong on every one of them. Every one of them. And so here we are. Ten counts of blasphemy, of rebellion against God. Every one of us have ten counts of that before God. That's the revelation. That's the schoolmaster. And then he says, the schoolmaster says, let me introduce you to the solution to this, and it is Jesus Christ. Christ became flesh and took upon him our sin and fulfilled the law that we might be made the righteousness of Christ before God. So, repentance is coming to the point, I'm not good enough. I cannot save myself. I understand that it's by grace we are saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God and and I'm not going to trust myself or my works anymore. I'm turning from my ways to walk in God's ways and I call upon Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and save my soul. That is repentance, turning from my ways To walk in God's ways. That's how the Christian life begins. And we often think that except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That that's all that's involved in the Christian life as far as repentance. No, that's how the Christian life begins. But repentance is, is much more than that. in in the sense of how it works out of our daily lives. But unless we have personally turned from trusting in anything but Christ, our own ways, and trust only in Jesus Christ, unless we have done that, we will spend eternity in the lake of fire. And Jesus declared how Far-reaching and and ominous this is. He said, there will be many that will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we did did all these wonderful works in your name. In your name, cast out devils. And he will say, I never knew you. There never was a time when you quit trusting in your ways to trust in my ways. And he will say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Probably the saddest verses of the Bible. But that's the beginning of repentance for a Christian. Repentance, secondly, is spiritual warfare. So, you align with Christ on forgiveness of sins... Satan knows he cannot take your salvation away. But he says, but I'm going to get them to walk in their own ways. The last thing Satan wants you to do is to align with God. So Satan doesn't want you to align with God. And our natural heart is naturally in rebellion with God. So you got two strikes against you before you start. But. We have the Spirit of God dwelling within us, who is greater than the flesh and greater than Satan, so it doesn't matter the two strikes. But suffice it to say, there is a battle that wages every day in every believer's life over every decision and everything we do, whether I'm going to walk in my ways or God's ways. And we will find ourselves in this spiritual warfare. The natural mind is at enmity against God. You will never find where my ways naturally match up with God's ways. They don't. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways are greater than our ways. It is a consistent, never-ending, until-death spiritual warfare. So, that means repentance is a way of life to every follower of Christ. Repentance is a way of life to every follower of Christ. You and I will never get to the point that we don't need to repent. We'll never get to the point that we don't need to turn from our own ways that we're always walking in God's ways. See, it's it's simple little thing. You, you might get up in the morning and you might say, I'm running a little bit late. I don't have, my way of thinking, I don't have time to be with God. Wait a minute. I need to, that's my thinking. I need to repent of my thinking and walk in God's ways. He said, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things that you think you don't have time for, God will God will take care of it in your life. It's 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 a continual process in our life. It's a way of life. And and to think when was when was the last time that that you genuinely said no? that's my thinking or not necessarily using those words that's my thinking but this is what god wants me to do remember the account jesus came along the disciples they'd been fishing all night didn't catch anything and jesus came along and said cast your nets on the other side and peter immediately said we've been fishing all night were the fishermen his thinking You're a preacher. Preachers don't know anything. And then Peter caught himself. And he said, wait a minute. That's my thinking. Nevertheless, at your word. And Peter repented. And you know the rest of the story. Cast the lots. Cast the nets. More fish than they could. It happens over and over and over again in our lives. I'm going to say this, and that's my thinking. But wait a minute, and the Spirit will prompt us, the Spirit will teach us. Or we say, I'm not going to say anything. And the Spirit says, no, you need to say something. And that's when we need to repent, okay? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be, yours be done. Turning from my way of thinking to God's. And that's why he said in 1 John 1 9 that we have an advocate with the Father. That when we've been walking in our way of thinking and we turn and repent and confess our sin, he, our advocate that pleads our case, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, we we ask, when when is the last time that you consciously said, wait a minute, God, I was taking the, the off-ramp, and I need to go back and get on and go down your path? We think we can... We can take the off-ramp, go out in the Thule's and just naturally get back with God without anything. No, it involves repentance. God, I was ruling my life. I was living by my way of thinking, and I'm coming back to be under your ways. It's repentance that, that must be a part of our life. It, it's a way of life. It needs to be continually turning from my way of thinking to God's way of thinking. Fourthly, repentance is a testimony of God's grace. Job teaches us that God is surprisingly gentle as we struggle in our faith. In his dealings with us, he is surprisingly To us, gracious, and he vindicates those who persevere in the faith, however imperfectly we keep it. See, we like to think Job was perfect, that's why God blessed him. No, Job was not perfect, otherwise, he wouldn't have repented. He was blameless. There's a big difference between perfect and blameless. He was blameless when he was showing his sins. He then repented. And, and in realizing that, that is the grace of God that, that he allows us to come back to him. I mean, if any of us were God, we would say, that's it. That's enough. But it's the grace of God if you turn from your way. To my way, I'm faithful and just and will forgive you. I mean, incredible. The prodigal son is the example. Peter is an example. David is an example. Jonah is an example. And we can look in our own lives. Every one of us deserve to be dead from the judgment of God. Every one of us. And that God is even allowing us to hear today about repentance, and and every one of us ought to be praying, God, show me where I'm walking in my ways and not your ways. Repentance is a testimony of God's grace. And fifthly, repentance will always be blessed. God blesses repentance. Job is vindicated before his friends, even in the midst of an imperfect faith, and he worships God and proves beyond any doubt that his loyalty to God is not based on God's blessing, but on God himself. And Job never cursed God. Satan said that Job would curse God. He never cursed God. And Job is restored spiritually by being reconciled to the Lord. He is restored socially by being vindicated with his friends and community. And he enjoyed the great blessings of prosperity and family. Things will end well when we align with God. Now, let me, let me add this. I didn't say things will end well in this life when you align with God, but this life isn't the end. There were many that walked in God's ways that have been martyred, but it ends well for them. There are others that have been severely persecuted, not to death, but nearly to death. but it ends well with them because the end is when they hear well done thou good and faithful servant. We have the wrong view if we say, man, things ended well for Job because he he ended up with double of what he had before. You know what? You never could take the scar Of the ten children lost. It's not like these other ten replaced them. There was always that scar there. But it ended well when it says, and Job died. That means he left this temporal home and he went to his eternal home and blessed in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. See, this life isn't the end. If this life is the end, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. So what what you had and accomplished between naked and naked? But when we turn from our ways... And we walk in God's ways, it will end well. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's the only, that's the only time that matters. See, repentance is such a key. We, we need to be good repenters. We need to teach our kids how to be good repenters. We try to teach them how to never do wrong. And there's a measure in that. But it, they're going to do wrong. They're our kids. They have our nature. So if they're going to do wrong, we need to show them what do you do when you do wrong. I find out where my thinking, my action was my ways Contrary to God's ways and how I respond to it. So we need to model in our families being a good repenter of, of saying, Dad wasn't right when I said this, when I slammed that door shut, or Mom wasn't. Now, the dad says dad wasn't right. It's not the wife or kids saying dad wasn't right, okay? And it's humbling ourselves, but we need to learn to be good repenters. The reason we have joyless, powerless Christianity is because we have not been repenters, turning from our ways to walk in God's ways. And God, I believe, across the board, around the country and around the world, is showing us the fallacy of our ways. There's a lot of our ways in Christianity. And he's exposing it. And we need to personally take, take ownership and responsibility. I was wrong. I was walking in my ways. And God, now I am coming to you to walk in your ways. And that's then when God restores to us The joy of our salvation. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be the repenters that you want us to be. Lord, undoubtedly there are some here today that need to repent of believing their own way of getting to heaven is going to be good enough. And they need to come to realize that Jesus Christ is the only way and humble themselves and call upon you for the forgiveness of sin. And then, Lord, there are individuals, as we all need to see in our own life, where we have been walking in our own ways in big areas, in what we may consider little areas. And Lord, I pray that we would humble ourselves under your hand and that we would turn from our ways to walk in your ways and that the change would be evident. Lord, thank you for the restoration that you brought between Job and his wife and Job and his friends and Job and his community, but most of all between Job and you. And Lord, thank you for your manifestation of grace that allows us to repent. May your spirit do a work in our hearts even now, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. In just a moment, Kathy's going to play.